Welcome to the Healing Place Church devotional podcast. Join us Monday through Friday for a new daily devotional each day from the Healing Place Church pastors and staff. We hope this podcast will help you grow in your faith and will be a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Hey, what's going on, church? We are so excited that you decided to join us for this daily Devo as we dive into the book of 1 John. And if you have your Bibles, I would love it if you would open up with me to 1 John chapter 2. And listen, I don't know about you, but I love the book of 1 John, and I'll tell you why. You see, it's in 1 John that the three dominant themes that are in this book are relationship, truth, and love. And as John, he weaves these things kind of together throughout this book, he uses them not only to show us who God is, but to tell us what God expects from us as his children. Now, John, he tells us that our God, he expects us to hold the truth, to live the truth, and to know the truth. He also expects us that we will love him and that we will love one another because, as John says, God is love. And since the beginning of time, church, God, he intended for his children to have a relationship, not only with him, but with one another. And all these things, church, are non-negotiables to the followers of Christ. Now, specifically here in chapter 2, John, he continues his teaching on the theme of relationship. He wants to assure us that the relationship we have with God is something that we can never lose. In fact, it's in this great book of 1 John, that we have some of the greatest assurances in all of Scripture that we cannot lose our salvation. And as I say that, though, I think of those that don't know that, that maybe don't understand that, those that walk into our churches on Sunday thinking they could somehow lose their salvation. They live in constant fear that at any moment they could be thrown from the presence of God. I constantly think about these people because they, they struggle with these thoughts because when you believe something like that, it forces you to see God as a changeable being, someone who is unstable and unsteady and cannot be satisfied. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you yourself have these thoughts. And listen, if that's you, that's totally okay. Because I want you to know that you are who John wrote this letter for. And if it's not you, Listen, I guarantee you, you know someone that has those thoughts, that that battles with those fears, and this is a great way, a great Devo to show them to kind of speak on this particular subject. So let's jump in together. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. I mean, I read that the first time, and I was like, wow, John, that's a lot of confidence there. You write this, man, and you think, okay, I'm going to read this one time, and all of a sudden I'm going to stop sinning? Man, that, that's really big thoughts right there. But honestly, John didn't think that. John didn't expect the reader of this letter the, to live in a sinless perfection. No. Instead, what is he doing? John is simply writing to help us avoid those individual acts of sin which seem to constantly attack us and trip us up as Christians. Now, what sins are you specifically talking about, Terry? Well, I don't think there's a specific sin for everybody, right? But you know what you struggle with. For some of you, it may be selfishness. For some of you, it may be fear or worry. For some of you, it may be pride. I know nobody would say that to me, but some of you, it could be gossip, maybe judgment, maybe a little anger. Maybe the sin that you struggle with wasn't in that list, but you know what you struggle with. And everyone struggles with something. And John here, he knew that. He knew who his audience was. He knew who he was writing to, yet he had a passion 
to see us avoid even the smallest of things which would negatively impact the relationship we have with God and with one another. And he goes on to say this in the second part of verse 1. He says, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Again, John, he understands who he's talking to, right? He understands us. That as Christians, there there are going to be times when we stumble and we fall, times when we step back into sin. But when we do, John says, he says that you and I, we have an advocate. We have a mediator between us and God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on. Now, you and I, we may know the word advocate, but it's not the advocate that we think of. Most of us, when we hear the word advocate, right, we relate it to a lawyer, maybe in a courthouse or a courtroom. Most of us, man, we think of a lawyer or attorney, someone like maybe Morris Bart, right? Somebody say, God bless Morris Bart. Does a great job, great lawyer, right? But when the Bible uses the word advocate, church, it is a loaded word. It means so much more than that. For us, it means that Jesus is obviously our advocate, right? We know that, but he is so much more than that for us. The word advocate here, it means that he is also our intercessor. He speaks on our behalf. He is our consoler. He is our comforter. He is our helper in our time of need. Well, what does that mean for me, Terry? That means that when you and I find ourselves in sin, when you and I find ourselves struggling with something, it doesn't cause God to turn his back on us in disappointment. It doesn't push Jesus further away from us. No, instead, Jesus, the Bible says, he draws closer to us in those moments. Not only does he draw closer to us, he speaks on our behalf. He speaks to God the Father for us, and he helps us to overcome the sin that is tripping us up. In other words, he doesn't just leave you in your mess. He will get down in the mess with you, and he will pull you out just like the Good Samaritan. That is love, church. If you've never experienced that kind of love, that is what we would call an unconditional, relentless love. That's the love he has for us. He's not up there shaking his finger in disappointment. No, no. He says, man, when I see you messing up, when I see you tripped up, that's why I died on the cross, to be there for you. Can I get a good amen? And John, he keeps on going with verse 2. I love this. It says, he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the world. Now, in that scripture, there are two things to consider here. The first speaks to the source of God's forgiveness. The second speaks to the scope of God's forgiveness. Now we're going to start with the source. You and I, we both know, man, God gave us an opportunity through the whole Old Testament to be in right standing with him, right? We know that. He gave you and I every opportunity to do what was right. But here's the truth. We kept messing it up. We did. So many times God, he would give people the opportunity to do what they were taught. He would give them rules and give them things to follow. And, and at the beginning, man, we were doing it right for a little while. But it wasn't long before, man, we would all of a sudden change the way we do things, right? All of a sudden, we stopped making it about him and we made it about, they made it about them, right? It wasn't long before they were going from one idol to the next, trying to be their own answer, living blatantly in sin. And the truth of it is, God had had enough. And he knew that we couldn't be our own answer. He knew that we couldn't get it right on our own. So what did he do? He provided an answer for us. And that answer was his son, Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus, church, was the one who had to pay the ultimate price to atone or or to make amends with not only my sin or your sin, everyone's sin. And he did it all for us just so that you and I could feel forgiveness. He stood in our place and took the judgment that you and I deserve so that we could experience the love of God. It was his sacrifice on the cross that allowed us to go from enemies of God to children of God. Church, because of Jesus and Jesus alone, our freedom has now been paid for. Can I get a good amen? And that right there, man, when you hear that, that should give us confidence on who we are when we think about our relationship with God, man. Like the song says, he is beside you and he is for you. Come on, I'm not going to sing it. I'll leave that to Carrie Joe. But that's what he is. He's there for you. He is right there next to you in your good times and in your bad times and everywhere in between. And church, Jesus, he not only did it for you, he did it for me and he did it for all humans. That means he did it for your mama, your daddy, your friend, your daughter, your son, your neighbor. That also means he did it for the incarcerated, the homeless, the addicted, the depressed, the immigrant and the atheist. Come on. He did it for people whose lifestyle you agree with and whose lifestyle you don't agree with. That's how powerful that the sacrifice he made on that cross was. He did it for all the world. Some some transitions said for the whole world. What does that mean for me, Terry, as the believer? Well, it means that you and I, we've got to stop placing limitations on the blood of Jesus Christ. That means that the, the day he did it, he did it for everyone. The day that Jesus died on the cross, church, his blood was powerful enough and it was sufficient enough to pay the price for all the sins of all human beings. And that gift of salvation, it's free, the Bible says, to whoever will accept it. I believe that. Do you believe that today? Listen, let me close with this before I pray. I believe it's two things we need to take with us from this. First, if you're a believer and you're watching this, let me know, tell you. Don't beat yourself up when you mess up. Don't put so much guilt on your own shoulders when you trip up in sin. That is what Jesus is for, to be there for you in your weakest points. And if you're an unbeliever and you're watching this, man, I want to give you the opportunity to know the love that I talked about today. Because what he did on the cross, he did it not only for me, not only for people at this church, but he did it for you as well. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you what you're doing through this message, Lord. I pray for those watching today, Lord. I pray that you bring forgiveness to people who need it. Father God, I pray that we learn to forgive ourselves better. Lord, not to dwell in what you've already died for. And Lord, for those watching today that don't know you, I pray you meet them right where they're at. Find them in their mess. And Lord, you pull them out and let them feel the love that you want to give us today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss any of the daily devotionals and be sure to share with your friends. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.